When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. So open enrollment season for healthcare is upon us. And I want to help you with some of the options you've got to work your way through. I'm also going to address how to buy a car the right way now that the market has actually started slowing down. So open enrollment has different meanings, different aspects. There are those of us who work for a midsize or larger employer where we're given a kit each year where we pick what health plan we're going to go into, what other benefits we might buy, and the employer may or may not offer some allocation of money where they subsidize the various premiums they offer, maybe short-term disability, long-term disability, life insurance, dental insurance, and maybe a few other stray things that are offered. And you pick and choose and you end up with an amount that's deducted from your pay each month. And there are people having to buy coverage for themselves, which is actually a very small part of the insurance market. What you buy on the federal state exchanges that the umbrella is healthcare.gov. And then if your state has its own exchange, it will take you directly to the state thing to pick what's known as a compliant plan. That's one that has required federal coverages that are color-coded. Bronze, silver, gold, there's virtually no platinum plans anymore. But you pick and that determines what deductibles you'll have and what out-of-pocket you'll have, and then at what point you're covered with no limit on the coverage if you end up with something that's really catastrophically expensive. There are some wrinkles, federal plans where you can buy catastrophic coverage, and so there's some variety there for you if you're self-employed. As of now, the additional support from the feds on what premium costs are for so many people that went into effect in 20 during the pandemic, those are still going on. So for people who buy their own individual policy, the premiums for many people, for most, are being subsidized by your fellow taxpayers. So the cost of buying a fully compliant plan is cheaper for yet another year than it would be if you were paying the prices as would be required as the law was originally written. For people who buy coverage at work, depending on the size of the employer and how many options they offer, you may have different levels of deductibles you can buy in your health plan. The higher the deductibles you take, the lower your deduction from pay each month. You really have to think through 
what's going to be cheaper? Many employers taking the higher deductible and having the lower out-of-pocket each pay period will actually end up costing less even if you use a fair amount of health care. You have to run the numbers under your employer plan. You also may, if you're lucky, have the option of an HSA-eligible plan from your employer. If you are generally healthy or you're at the other extreme where you have a significantly expensive chronic condition, an HSA can be a grand slam for you. An HSA-eligible plan allows you, in addition to having your health coverage, you've triggered eligibility to put money into the greatest tax deal Congress has ever offered us as working people or business owners. Because the HSA is the health savings account, is an account that you get to put in pre-tax dollars, the money grows tax-free in your HSA, and then the money in the HSA used for eligible medical expenses is spent tax-free. So you get all those earnings tax-free, you use pre-tax dollars to go into it, and then you spend it tax-free. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's even better than my beloved Roth IRA is a place to stash money. Now, remember I said, if you are extremely healthy, don't draw in medical a lot. The HSA is incredible. If you have very expensive ongoing chronic conditions, the HSA eligible plan is awesome because it has a tight cap. Once you meet your deductibles, you're done with what you're paying out of pocket. From that point forward, the HSA eligible insurance is paying for stuff. So for people in the mushy middle who have ongoing medical expenses, you don't have a lot of money to draw on if you were to have large deductibles Going in the traditional employer plan is best for you if your doctors recognize you on site when you come in the door, but not that you're there every week, then you're probably better off in the traditional health plan your employer is offering. With HSAs, if you go into one and you're in an HSA plan, and let's say you're an entrepreneur, you own your own business, you're in good shape financially, You never want to use the money in the HSA account to pay your deductibles, to pay the money that you're having to pay out of pocket for health care. You want to pay that money straight out of your pocket and let that HSA keep growing tax-free, not tax-deferred, tax-free for decades. It ends up being a huge pile of pre-tax dollars that accrue to you tax-free that you can use tax-free much later in your life. Unbelievable. And you know what else? HSA money does not have to be with these terribly high-cost administrators that sadly a lot of employers use. HSA money can be with low-cost providers like Fidelity or Vanguard or something like that. Fidelity has been really big in this area. And you can invest that money, again, because you're not using it for current medical expenses. You're using it way down the road. You can grow that money in investments at ultra-low costs 
and have it build up this giant stash of cash for much later in your life. So that's like a quick windshield survey of open enrollment. But I wanted to add one thing I neglect to mention till somebody asked me the question. Employer-provided life insurance. A lot of employers provide you through open enrollment with a certain amount of life insurance free. It's a, a term policy, meaning as long as you're there, it you know you're working there, you have this insurance, and you die unexpectedly, it will pay your designated beneficiary, or if you haven't designated one, your estate. If you are given the option, which you usually will, to buy additional life insurance in that plan, only do it if you're not going to medically qualify to buy your own level term insurance policy. Because employer insurance that you have to pay for, for life insurance, usually is not a deal. You want to instead take the coverage that you can buy on your own in a level term policy. And I got a a good explanation about how level term works and how to buy it on Clark.com. The other thing a lot of people overlook that's offered in open enrollment is long-term disability. You have a three times greater chance during your key working years of becoming disabled than passing away. So disability insurance pays a percent of your income, usually 60 or 70% in the event you are not able to work because of a disabling injury or illness or whatever it is. So disability insurance is a really, really valuable thing to have. It's not particularly cheap, but through the employer plan, if it's offered, please grab a hold of long-term disability. Krista? Um, This is from Kate in Virginia. I wanted to highlight For your listeners, my mistake. When my son needed braces, the orthodontist offered us a 5% discount if we paid the full amount due up front. This was about $5,500 and included what insurance would pay them over the course of treatment. Over the two-year period, the orthodontist would reimburse us when our insurance paid its portion. We had been saving up for braces and we had the full amount in savings, so I thought it would be great to save the 5%. Well, the payments from the orthodontist never came on time, and then a year into the treatment, the orthodontist decided to retire and sell his practice. I kept talking to the woman who did his books to say we weren't getting paid on time, and she assured me they would work it all out. But after he sold the practice, she stopped responding to my calls. Thankfully, the new orthodontist is getting us some of the money, but I don't think we'll get it all. The lesson learned is to not prepay for this kind of treatment, as it can be hard to chase your money down once it's gone. You know, that is such a terrible story Kate and we have I can't recall another time we've ever had a call about an orthodontist where somebody took the cash discount up front that they ended up with the problem you had this is almost like um, a maybe a one-off but it does show the risk with any product or service paying up front that you could end up getting hurt you also have the option of, I hate for you to have to do this, Kate, but you can sue the, um, the now retired orthodontist in small claims court in Virginia and likely pretty easily get a judgment 
for the money that you have paid for services that insurance is reimbursing, the money that you're due back, obviously you're due back that money. And I think you'd have a a really solid case in small claims court if you want to pursue that route. And from Jackie in West Virginia, my husband's employer provides a health insurance for $800 per month. This plan is individual deductibles of $5,000 and for the family, $10,000. Would it be a better use of money to buy into one of these Christian health networks instead of going with the major health insurance company? So this is is a interesting either or, because with the Christian co-ops, which are allowed under separation of church and state, it is a pooling, it is a risk pool, it is not insurance. So what happens is the, uh, the Christian Health Network decides what they will pay for and what they won't. If, unfortunately, in a pool, too many people end up with a catastrophic illness, they may not have the funds to reimburse those costs. So the cost of being in one of the Christian Health Networks is a tiny, tiny fraction of the $10,000 a year that your husband would be paying for health coverage. And then on top of it, you've got a family deductible of another $10,000. So you got $20,000 that you're laying out as a family for health coverage. And you're like, $20,000? We could do these small premiums to the Christian Health Network, and we would never spend anywhere near that and we'd get reimbursement for stuff. And the Christian health networks are great for routine kind of issues. What we're talking about here is the outside risk that someone in your family ends up with a major illness, a cancer, a tragic accident, something where you have enormous medical bills That's where the Christian health networks have not been able to come up with the money in so many cases, and that's where you could be exposed to enormous financial risk. So this is a certain amount of, I wouldn't call it a gamble, it's an educated guess. And you have to make that decision for yourself, knowing the general health of your family, and make the best decision you can because up front and in a typical year, the Christian Health Network would be a whole lot cheaper. Uh, Coming up, something that has been astronomically expensive lately but is gradually getting cheaper, buying a newer used car. We're going to talk about that. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. 
Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When somebody asks me for help to buy a car right now, it's like, uh, pick your poison. Do you want hemlock or do you want something else? I mean, it is tough, tough, tough to be a consumer right now in the vehicle market. The only situation that people really should go forward with buying a car right now, and when I say car, I mean automotive transportation, could be a truck, SUV, whatever, is if your vehicle is toast or you had it totaled in an accident. Other than that, sit on your hands. The good news if there is good news, is the value of used cars that had gone up 70% now is up only 40-some-odd percent from where it was three years ago. The price of used cars is on a tick downward. That's why I told you recently that CarMax's stock just got hammered because their results were way, 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 way worse than Wall Street had expected, all the analysts and all that. They just got eaten up because the used vehicle market is going through a overdue correction. We had all these crazy, unique, one-time factors that piled one on top of another that led to this massive run-up in used car values And I'm not going to belabor the point. I'll just say very quickly, the supply chain disruptions with new cars, the factory shutdowns from COVID, building new cars, and the rental fleets having sold off their products to try to survive in 20 when nobody was traveling, they created this massive demand for used vehicles because they couldn't get new to replenish their fleets. So now fast forward So late 22, where are we? Well, automakers one by one are getting better at producing vehicles. Tesla just reported a record quarter of vehicle sales, and the sales were not enough for Wall Street. So Tesla's stock got hammered, even though their sales were way up from where they had been when they were suffering from severe supply chain disruptions. And one automaker after another, the two big American companies, GM and Ford, both producing far more product than they were earlier this year. So they're figuring out how to unlock those supply chain disruptions, and they're getting the parts more and more they need. Although Ford got a black eye recently because they ran out of the little oval things that say Ford that are like an iconic thing that go on front of a Ford vehicle. They ran out of those. And so they had vehicles they couldn't ship because of that. I mean, one little part, 
that costs like nothing of everything on a vehicle, shut down shipping. But automaker by automaker, they've adapted, they're building vehicles, they're sending them to dealers, and where dealers had none on their lots, they're still low inventory compared to normal numbers, but the new vehicle thing is gradually improving at a time with interest rates rising on vehicle loans going up a fair amount, the affordability issue for a buyer will cause people to go on buyer strike for new vehicles. Unless, unless the prices start to come down. I mean, this is as classic economic supply and demand as you could have. And the used vehicle market was so disrupted because of those rental car fleets and then people substituting buying a used car for a new because they couldn't get a new car. So the whole thing is going to come gradually, steadily back into equilibrium, which is why unless you got to get a vehicle now, don't. Don't. You know, you see somebody riding down the road in a vehicle that looks really cool to you, Let me tell you, that vehicle is going to look a lot more cool down the road. And by down the road, I mean in time, if you wait, because it will be cheaper. Dealers have gotten really used to holding all the cards and selling the inventory they've had that's been scarce above MSRP, manufacturer suggested retail price, selling vehicles at many thousands above, and you look at the luxury brands, they've been selling those at 10, 20,000 or more above manufacturer suggested retail price. And for some of the luxury brands, that will continue because people in the upper income strata still don't seem to be worried about money and they're still buying those for now. Stock market stays down a lot longer then that strata will lose some of that confidence and those prices will come down from MSRP. But the most important thing is as the logistical log jams are broken and inventories rebuild and these interest rates to borrow money to buy a vehicle continue their steps higher, it means that the prices of both new and used are going to trend down. You know, they went up like a rocket back really late 20 into 21 and then they stayed up and then the used ones the roller coaster reached its peak and instead of coming back down where your stomach meets your throat they're coming down really imperceptibly slowly but they're steadily coming down on the used vehicles the new vehicles will trend down as well and time is your friend Give it time, and then you buy. When you do go to buy, buy your vehicle online, not at the dealer. Let me tell you this. Clear as could be. You go to the dealer, and you try to make your deal at the dealer, you will pay thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars more than if you make your deal online. Online buying through one of the car buying programs, emailing dealers, buying through the Costco car buying program, anything you do where you 
take away the home field advantage of the dealer. When you go to the dealer and you're in their environment, you have welcomed yourself into the grind. It's where the dealer can take advantage of you over multiple hours and get you not only to pay too much for a vehicle, get too little for your trade-in, pay too much for financing, and buy a whole bunch of stuff. You don't even know what it is that's been added into the deal. That only can happen to you if you are the visiting team. You go to that dealer, and you are on their turf. This is what they do every day. The power resides with you as long as you negotiate a deal on a vehicle from your home, from your office, from your laptop, that's where you're going to save many thousands of dollars. And if you are not a member of a credit union yet, when you are buying a new or used vehicle, this is mandatory. You must join a credit union because credit union financing on a new or used vehicle is so much ridiculously cheaper than what you're going to get from a bank or a car dealer. You know, credit unions are owned by and for their membership. And so they're not going to mark up that vehicle loan to send a profit to stockholders. When you finance a vehicle at a dealer, you've got two markups, one for the bank and one for the dealer. So whose money is it you're spending? Who worked for that money? Whose wallet is it that's being picked? It's yours. Do this stuff right, and your wallet will thank you every single month. And as for how long your loan should be, go see what I say at Clark.com. Make sure you're sitting, because if you're standing and you see the longest any vehicle loan should be, you might pass out and hit your head. Krista? Okay, Jenny in Texas says we are due to have our first baby at the end of the month. So imminently, imminently, congratulations. We need to get another vehicle in January or February. We've put this off, hoping vehicle shortages would calm down, but we're starting to run out of time. The problem is I get a vehicle allowance at work, so I'm limited to a model year of seven years or newer. The current vehicle we have is 2018, so I could drive it until 2025. The plan is to keep our current vehicle for a long time after we no longer use it for the allowance. Options would be, one, buy a cheaper or older sedan to haul kids for three years before upgrading the allowance vehicle. Two, buy something new now for the allowance vehicle. Three, try to buy something that's a couple of years old for the allowance and upgrade it then in five years or so, or some other suggestion from you. Okay, so... This is the rock and hard place I was just talking about. I didn't think about a baby family getting larger and you Mm -hmm. need a bigger vehicle. So in the past, I've talked about what a deal used vehicles are, particularly those that are three or four years old. And right now, they're not a deal at all. They come with very high miles on them and really not a meaningfully lower price than what you'd have on a new one. So you've got a little bit of time before you really need to do something. And every month that goes from here is going to be beneficial to you for the prices going down for all the factors I just talked about. February is going to be better than January, which is going to be better than December, which is going to be better than November and on like that. So I know that people think that something really 
happened to me. Like I got hit in the head with a baseball bat. But right now, in your scenario, buying new would actually be better than used. I mean, when, and I mean, Krista, we've been together since 1997 doing this stuff. The world has gone mad. Yes. Never heard that in 25 years. No way. No way. Yeah. So right now, the story is that because you've got to pull the trigger in the next, you know, 120, 150 days, whatever it is, go look at new ones. And congratulations again on the upcoming birth of your child. This is from Julia in Virginia. My husband recently got into a car accident, no injuries and not much damage. He believes it was the other driver's fault, and so did the police on the scene. However, the police did not file a report. No ticket was issued. The other driver filed a claim on their insurance, and we did on ours. A month later, I learned the other driver lied, saying it was my husband's fault, so we are responsible for both vehicle repairs. What do I do now? No one came to look at our damaged vehicle, which would have clarified exactly how this happened. The other insurer says their customer's word is enough. I've submitted photos to both insurers. Is this an expensive lesson for us to buy Clark's advised dash cam? By the way, I bought a dash cam three months ago. It's still sitting by the front door as a reminder to install it. Definitely not the right place for it. Okay, so Julia, the only good part of your story is nobody was hurt. As for the other party's insurer saying, well, uh, we, we just have decided that our driver's telling the truth and you're at fault and you're responsible for all this. Uh-uh not how it works there's a process that insurers use it varies because insurance is regulated by the states but generally the way the process works is a process called subrogation you say to your insurer no it was the other driver's fault the other driver says it was your fault and then subrogation is where the insurers reach a deal among themselves allocating blame to each party based on the lack of a police report, it really depends on your statement versus the statement of the other driver and whatever way you can provide any proof at all. And do not beat yourself up about the dash cam. They are awesome. They cost very little money. And this is a good warning for other people why you spend the $15 or so to install a dash cam because then they are true serum. As far as what else you can do, that's really going to be it, is your insurer needs to stand up for you, just as the other party's insurer is standing up for them. And in the best case at this point, you're going to find that there will be shared fault assigned so that you're not paying to fix that other driver's vehicle. And Krista, you had a situation where you were able to show a police officer your video from your vehicle were you in that accident or were you just a witness to an accident oh no i was in it someone hit me and what exactly happened did the other party say you were at fault right yeah he thought i drove into him and so he was a young man so he he wasn't sure um and so that we pulled up the video and i did have a police report written that's the thing that surprises me here that the officer didn't yeah this is shocking that there's no police report by the way so um but the police officer saw the video and And determined that the other driver was at fault. And so that's why having the video recording in your vehicle is so valuable. In a lot of countries where you can't necessarily trust 
law enforcement overseas, dash cams are in every single vehicle on the road because people end up having to advocate for themselves after an accident with insurance, and that's why everybody has them. What's so unusual in your case is that the police came and then said, oh, well, yeah, we're done here. That's very odd and obviously not helpful to anybody. Well, I want to thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. If we didn't get to a question that's really burning in your head, you really want an answer to it, you know we offer one-on-one advice and guidance from the Team Clark Consumer Action Center from 10 in the morning Eastern Time till 4 in the afternoon Eastern Time, Monday through Friday, and you can get that one-on-one advice, and it's completely free. It's 636-49-CLARK. Have a great day.